Welcome to the Below Average Gentleman Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Wesley, Jeff, and Guerra. July 13th, the Below Average Gentleman. We're all here in studio. I'm your host, Wesley. I'm joined by co-host Jeff and Weddle. Uh-huh. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at WesleyBAG, at TwinThunderBAG, at WeddleBAG, and at BagmenPod. And if you really want to get crazy, you can uh, you can follow our uh, TikTok account. <laughs> a little questionable, but we got a TikTok account, boys. Social media accounts are blowing up, boys. Blowing up. All right. Today we're going to be talking about sleepers, values, breakouts, and bus time pending. I mean, if we got to split it into another episode, we will. But before we get into all that, let's talk about the news around the league. And there was some actually some development here in the Aaron Rodgers watch. Yeah, so so training camp starts on uh, the 20th of this month for the Packers. Uh, he said what? He's going to enjoy the next couple of weeks. He's going to start working out, and then he's going to make a decision, right? So uh, he looked like he didn't need to do much working out. He looked pretty in shape to me. I mean, he's playing. It's done, right? Like it's just yeah. He it's inevitable. He showed it's his like hand. Thanos. He showed his hand. It's over. He'll be back in two three weeks. And thank God because Devontae Adams, first round pick again. So I I, I I was doing some research on this. Obviously, we all know the the, the backstory of Rodgers. They never drafted him a first round receiver. Hey, like there's there's a scenario where they can get him a first round wide receiver for probably a sixth or seventh round pick, right? And kill Harry? I know, I know it hasn't God. worked. You know, hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> I know it hasn't worked, right? It hasn't worked. It, it, it's been terrible. But, like, for what he does, he's a possession receiver. He's a big body. He's not really a, a, a get room for, from a DB type of guy. But, like, I don't know, man. Maybe a change of scenery with a, another quarterback. Nah, he sucks. If you can't make that, it that, work that, with Tom worth, Brady, you can't make it work. That's worth a sixth, seventh round pick to me. No, he if sucks. I'm the Packers, if I'm the Packers. A seventh rounder that you're going to cut anyway. Hey, that dude can't get separation from anybody. He's 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 trash. He's he's hot garbage. And along with the other Rodgers news, Peyton Manning said he can't fathom that Rodgers does not play in twenty twenty one. I can't either, dude. Now that we're talking about it, like no, Rodgers is playing, dude. He's gonna play. If he wouldn't have played, he would have got his money and said he didn't want to play because of COVID. What two weeks ago? Tom Brady out there heckling him the whole time. I wouldn't doubt. Great. I wouldn't doubt that Rodgers. You know, maybe with the Packers working out something where you know they guarantee, you know, they're going to guarantee him they're going to work on the trade this next off season. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not happening right now. Now, what in in your opinion, what does that mean for Devontae Adams? Well, they're they're probably going to franchise him, so he doesn't have a choice, right? He's in the last year of his contract. But like, do you think that I I don't see any scenario where Devontae Adams works out his new contract before? Anything with Rodgers is said and done. Not a chance. I agree. Not a chance. I agree. Especially if uh, old Jordan Love sucks like we think he does. Like, you see it every day at practice if you're Devontae Adams and you're like, hey, man, if Rodgers is gone, mm-hmm. I am not signing a long-term deal here. Do you think it was coincidence he just threw out that Derek Carr bullshit from last week? Like, no, nah, man, this this is this is all calculated shit that him and his agent are doing. So if if he's going to be the Allen Robinson of, of next offseason, right? Big-time free agent. Prime of his career, ready to sign a huge mega deal somewhere. Hold your horses, buddy. We're going to franchise you. You're going to have to stick around for a year. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Derek Carr went all in on that, man. Yeah. He was. You have to. But, De- like, I mean, Devontae Adams said what he said, but Derek Carr was like, nah, this is for real. Like, we, like we're like we best friends. We want to play together. Yeah. Are they tight? Like, they're actually best friends? Yeah, they're homies. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, 
in other news, Tyreek Hill said he's grinding hard after the embarrassing Super Bowl. What do you, how, does this move him? Does this move his needle up or down for you? Uh, for me, it doesn't make a difference. Like he he can grind as hard as he wants. Like it's not on him or Mahomes why they lost in the Super Bowl. It was the the whole offensive line. Hence, they've added eight new offensive linemen and rebuilt that whole offensive line. Tyreek Hill in the Super Bowl seven catches, seventy three yards. I mean, not his best game, but like that shit wasn't on him, right? The Super Bowl. The uh, to me, it still it didn't move the needle much for me. I I still have him at the third receiver. Yeah, same. I mean, he's. And a, He's elite. Maybe fourth receiver if you add in Kelsey there. I think I'd rather have Tyreek. I, I get what you're saying, but... I would take Kelsey over Tyreek Hill. Just uh, because the tight end spot, yeah. you can't get that kind of production. Yeah, there's... But, there, like... Go ahead. There, there's a handful of receivers that can maybe not match what Tyreek can do, but, like, come close to it, and there's no one close to, mm-hmm. to Kelsey at tight end. But if you're going straight off the numbers, like I'd be willing to bet Tyreek would probably have more fantasy points. Even though I'd rather have Kelsey on my team because of that, I think Tyreek would get more points. Because I think what last year it was Tyreek Hill finished second, right? And Kelsey finished third oh. wide receiver. God, Kelsey's good, dude, for <laughs> fantasy. Like he's going in the first round. Yeah. He has to. Yeah. If you have one of those last couple picks, you take Kelsey. So Von Miller, the liar says this is the best team we have fielded in a while. I mean, every player says that every season about every team they've ever been on. Is that is that accurate? We, we got to find out what a while is to this guy. What is it, like three weeks? Prior three months? The, I, I would guess since the Super Bowl season. Yeah, okay. That 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 franchise is so inept at the quarterback <laughs> position. Like, like, awesome, dude. You got good receivers, a great D-line. Like, good for you. You guys still aren't going to make the playoffs. And I know you guys aren't, you know, we, we don't record this on video just yet. But just so you know, Jeff's drinking a White Claw. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome aboard. Well, we're at Wes's Casa, and he don't have no fucking anything else. But we got to fire it up for the podcast. What are you talking about? He's he's got a a two-year-age bottle of of, uh, whiskey there. Yeah, that he won't let anybody open. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking bullshit. All right, Larry Fitzgerald is undecided on his return still at this point. Look, Larry Fitzgerald has bigger shit on his plate right now. The Suns are in the NBA Finals. He's a part <laughs> owner of that franchise. He's been at every game so far. Like, Football's on the back burner right now, man. Speaking of the Suns, they're up 2-1 in the Finals. They lost that last game. Like, They better win well, this game four. Let's not do the off-topic just yet. We'll <laughs> get to that. <laughs> we will get to that. All right, so what do you... What do you predict with Fitz? Do you think he do you think he's playing this season or not? No. You think he retires? I think so. I think so. He's playing. I I, I kind of like I know it's probably time for retirement, yeah. but I really do want to see the D Hop AJ Green Fitz. I feel like the Cardinals have made made moves like as if he's going to retire. Right? Mm-hmm. They they took a receiver in the second round. They signed AJ Green. Like they're. They're moving on. I mean, I'm sure if he wants to come back, they'll take him with open arms, and, and it'll all be great. He'll be on the cover of the program. But I I think the Cardinals are ready to move on, to be honest with you. And I, the news was pretty weak this this week. And Allen Robinson extension is unlikely with the Bears. So I think he was franchised this year. So it looks like this might be his last year with the Bears. Well, technically, if they want to be assholes about it, they can franchise him again next year, right? Now, I, I disagree. I, most teams don't do the second franchise because it's so expensive didn't uh the, the i mean the, they got to pay him like he's patrick mahomes if they extend Bell, right? that's what the redskins did with kirk cousins right mm-hmm. he 
He bet on himself. I love it. Yeah. Hey, but I disagree with the whole Allen Robinson thing because I think the Bears are just playing this the right way. Franchise the guy because you weren't sure if you were going to have a quarterback. You drafted a first-round quarterback. Keep him on the franchise tag and see if there's a connection there. See if this quarterback's any good. And say week five or six rolls around and they got a money connection. They know they're going to... They'll just extend them, you know, but halfway through the year or whatever. You, do you see a scenario where he gets traded on this franchise tag? Yeah, it could be. Like, if you're a GM, like, it's a it's a smart move to franchise him because you don't let him walk for nothing, right? Yeah. You keep him, you franchise him. Say a, a, a team needs a receiver, somebody gets hurt, like, you got to replace him. Yeah, dude, give me a second rounder for this dude. Give me a third rounder for this dude. Where would be the spot for him? Because I know we talked about this... Months and months ago, when we before he was franchised, and I still think the Colts are the spot for this guy. Well, he he's not going to come cheap, right? So you're going to have to pick up whatever's left on that contract. Yeah, and right? give up a, a pick. Yeah, if what? if if the Colts are like five and two in the, in the thick of it, like yeah, man, good for them. Like they're they're making a push trying to win Super Bowl to, to get a legit one one receiver like that. Yeah, that's the play. But I'm telling you, it's not happening. This this whole thing's going to determine like. If Justin Fields is good or not. If Justin Fields is any good, he's going to get a long-term extension. Guarantee you he signs a three, four-year deal. I, I think he stays in Chicago next three, four years. Wouldn't all surprise me. All right, let's jump into our next segment here, Weddow's Top 5. Oh, man. And I know Weddow's been prepping for this one. This is a big one for him. And just as a reminder, reach out to us on Twitter. Give Weddow some ideas for these top fives you guys want to hear. Because here's the definitive top five list. What is it this week, Weddle? Uh, I, I might go long this week, Wes. Uh, this week's top five, uh, top five greatest wrestling promos of all time, man. <laughs> like, I, I put some work into this shit, all right? Top five wrestling promos of all time. Uh, Want to shout out to uh, J-Riv, Johnny Rivera, helped me come up with this list. Not helped me come up with it, but gave me the idea. As he wears his WrestleMania shirt. Yeah. <laughs> it's real to me, damn it. Uh, number five. CM Punk, June 27, 2011, Monday Night Raw. They called it the pipe bomb, right? Called it the pipe bomb. This shit was awesome, man. He started out as a heel. Like, he was actually working as a heel. He came out. This promo was so good. Like the, 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 the fans were cheering him by the time he was over. Some of the, some of the quotes from this promo, uh, he went straight at Vince McMahon, man. He, uh, he went at him. They actually cut his mic off by the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> like People didn't know if it was real or fake, but uh, it was awesome. The quote from that is, I'd like to think maybe this company will be better off once Vince McMahon is dead, but the fact is going to that's going to be taken over by his idiotic daughter and his doofus son-in-law, <laughs> Stephanie and Triple H, right? And then uh, uh, he kept going, he kept going, and then they actually cut him off when he goes, uh, let me tell you guys a story about Vince McMahon, right? He runs this anti-bully campaign, and that guy, boom, they cut his mic right there. Excellent promo. Like, like it's been 10 years, and it's, and, and, and it's part of the lore of wrestling. Top five. Top five. Uh, that sounds like a one to me. No, 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 that, that's number five. Promo number four, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> Cream uh, of the crop. May 11th, 1987 <laughs> on Primetime Wrestling. This was post-WrestleMania 3. Uh, Cream of the crop. He lost the, the, the title to uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat with help from George the Animal Steel. The, the best quote from this promo, I am the cream of the World Wrestling Federation and there is no doubt about it. Yeah, you mean Gene Okerlund. You know I am the cream of the crop. It's iconic, man. He's wearing the purple t-shirt. Got that bandana, the huge glasses that baseball players wear nowadays. This shit was in the 80s, man. He's doing sleight of hand. Every time he says cream of the crop, he brings out a coffee creamer and then drops it. The dude's a magician. Macho Man Randy Savage. Uh, promo number three. 
Stone Cold Steve Austin. This was the beginning of Austin 316. King of the Ring 1996. He defeated Jake the Snake Roberts to become the 1996 King of the Ring. At the time, Jake the Snake Roberts was a uh, uh, drug addict, blah, blah, blah. He, 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 he found God. He, he, he became a, a born-again Christian, whatever you want to call it. The famous quote from there, Jake the Snake Roberts is literally being carried off out of the ring, and Stone Cold sitting next to Doc Hendricks, dogging him, talking shit. And he says, you sit there, Jake the Snake Roberts, you sit there and you thump your Bible and you say your prayers. It didn't get you anywhere. You talk about your palms. You talk about your John 316. Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass. <laughs> and, and still to this day, the Austin 316 shirt is one of the highest sellers on WWShop.com. Promo number two, the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. This one was tough for me, man. I had it one all week, moved it to two just before this. Hard time, Dusty Rhodes. This was Starcade oh. 85. Starcade 85. Dusty Rhodes, uh, he's, he's going to fight Ric Flair for the NWA world title. Uh, this was the common man, Dusty Rhodes, against the, the glitz and glamour of Ric Flair. Like, the, 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 the passion of this promo, like, like it, 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 oh, man, like, the, the, the quote from the, he talked about, like, blue, he's blue-collar, blue-collar. The best quote from this, hard times. He talked about hard times, how, how uh, the four horsemen jumped him and caused hard times to him and his family because he couldn't wrestle for all this. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell him, go home. Hard times are when a man has worked at a job 30 years. 30 years, they give him a watch, they kick him in the ass and say, hey, a computer took your place, daddy. That's hard times. <laughs> That's hard times. That's number two. And in my opinion, the greatest promo of all time, honestly, man, he, this is iconic. It's Ric Flair. It's 1985 NWA. <laughs> I mean, this dude, just picture it, man. Ric Flair sitting there with his flowing, long, unkept blonde hair, multiple gold chains on. He's got the big-ass aviator shades. He's got a red flower on his coat. I mean, this had everything, dude. Ric Flair, uh, shit. He, he talks shit about Nikita Kolov, Dusty Rhodes, Buddy Landell. He talks about Philly. When he gets to Philly, he's going to tear it down. When he gets to Pensacola, he's going to treat women down there the way women ought to be treated. When he gets to Miami, get ready because the nature of what's coming down. The, the, the famous lines from this, Buddy Landell, he talks shit to Buddy Landell. He says, Buddy Landell, I'm having a hard time when a guy's here hollering my name. When last year, I spent more money on spilt liquor in bars from one side of the world to the other than you made. <laughs> All right? And the iconic line from this, he goes on to say it. Rick, ah, uh, shit, let me get this right. <laughs> he goes, uh, this is the famous 20-second tirade that went down in history. You're talking to the Rolex-wearing, diamond-ring-wearing, kiss-stealing, wheeling-dealing, limousine-riding, jet-flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Woo! Woo! That's number one. That's Wedo's top five. Can you tell you, you that Wedo's passionate about wrestling? <laughs> I know. My. I know. We talked about like, you know, we don't have the YouTube going yet. Uh huh. And Jeff just recorded this, yep. so he could put it up on the uh, on the, the TikTok socials. page for the social media. Uh -huh. But man, dude, the passion that Wedo talks about wrestling. <laughs> oh. That's that, this week's top five. That, that's something else, if brother. You, if you were as passionate about podcasting as you were about wrestling, dude, <laughs> we might be somewhere. <laughs> Sorry if that took up too much time, boys. All right. Let's hop into this. Uh, let's hop into the meat of the show here. Let's do it. Let's <laughs> Ten minutes of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> the sleepers, breakouts, values, and bust. So what I, what I asked the guys here, everybody picked two. Uh, I... When I sent out the docket, you know, I got a little, you know, I got to pick my two first. So I sent these guys what I had picked, and they had to pick the rest of them. So let's cover the sleepers first. All right, Jeff, 
Sleepers. What do you got? All right, so my sleepers for this season, I'm going with A.J. Dillon and Russell Gage. So A.J. Dillon, you know, backup running back for the Green Bay Packers. He's currently being drafted at the 10-09 spot, so he's getting drafted in the 10th round. He's going to be great value. You saw the way he was at the end of the year last year. He's a beast. He's huge. Like, Jamal Williams left. He's going to start getting, he's going to split the carries. Last year, Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones were about 60-40 on snaps. That's going to, you know, A.J. Dillon's going to be getting that 40%. He's a sleeper. And then, you know, running backs get hurt. He's always, you know, you you have to factor that in. Like, he's one guy you want on your roster for that. And then Russell Gage, he's currently being drafted in at the end of the 12th round at the 12.12 spot. I mean, he's the number two receiver. Last year, he had about 100 targets. Like, those targets are going to go somewhere. They can't all go to Kyle Pitts and uh, old Calvin Ridley. He's, he's a, I, that's a great pick at 12, in the 12th round, in my mm-hmm. opinion. So those are my two sleepers. What, what are you looking at sleeper-wise, Weddle? Uh, my, my two sleepers, uh, I went uh, quarterback, Jameis Winston, ADP 189. I mean, last year he didn't play much. He was he was the actually third stringer. But if, if he wins that job, if he's a starting quarterback for the Saints, I mean, in 2019, this dude threw for over 5,000 yards, 30 touchdowns. I guarantee you if he starts 16 games for the Saints in that offense, with with, with that offense, with with the, that coach, he ain't going to have 30 picks, dude. Like, at 189, that's a steal, I think. I honestly don't mind either of the Saints quarterbacks at sleeper. Yeah. It doesn't matter who wins the job, right? Yeah. Uh, second sleeper, uh, Corey Davis, wide receiver. Uh, he signed with the Jets, ADP 109. I mean, last year in a run-heavy offense in, in, in Tennessee, he was 16 yards shy of 1,000. Like, I could see him toppling 1,000 this year with the Jets being the number one there with the young quarterback. All right, for my sleepers this year, I'm going uh, my top two that I looked at was the first one was Michael Carter. Right now you're looking at ninth round. He's, he's ninth round around like probably almost 10th round mm-hmm. in – I think it's the it's a mix of opportunity and in the production that can be there with this guy. I know you have to worry about Tevin Coleman, but looking at Michael Carter, when if you if you get this guy around the ninth round, or you know maybe you stretch and you get him at the end of the eighth or something like that, it I don't think it's going to hurt you here. I I think I think we could definitely see. If Carter if Carter actually shows up, I could see him taking over. You think he pulls the Gibson of last year, late round fantasy wise, and takes over the the starting job? Yeah, I mean he could be someone like that. And then the other sleeper is thirteenth round. I know we we've touted him on here a few times with Adam Troutman, and I know you got depending who the quarterback is. I don't think it in the end. I don't know how much it's going to matter. You got Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill, but. If you have Adam Adam Troutman here, you could get him in your last rounds of your draft. He's actually starting to get drafted at this point, so maybe he might move up a little bit before we get, you know, in the next month before we actually start drafting. But, I mean, watch out for him because they have Michael Thomas. They have Alvin Kamara. I think that Troutman ends up being their – I me personally, I think Adam Troutman ends up being their number three target. I like it. I mean, when I saw your list, I was like, man, that's, that's one of my sleepers, dude. <laughs> why you always got to go first? <laughs> that, that's why I didn't like when Jeff stole him off the mock draft from me. And 
hey, you cussed me out. I drafted him in like the last round. <laughs> Fuck you, Jeff. Like you, <laughs> you could have drafted him 12 rounds ago, 14 rounds ago. All right, breakouts. When we look at breakouts, we're talking about players that in breakouts can be rookies. Breakouts can be second year, third year players. You know, any honestly, they can be anyone, but someone who's hasn't performed to the expectations that you think might exceed those expectations. And, and let, let, let's do it in turn here. Who, Weddle, who's your first breakout? So my, f- we're going one here. My first breakout is going to be Jamar Chase. He's ADP 53. I know he's a rookie, but like that dude, day one with a legit franchise quarterback is the number one weapon on that offense, Jamar Chase. Uh-oh. Jamar Chase, baby. The uh, Now, Jamar Chase, we look at like, I think currently, what you, would you say, fifth round ADP? 53 ADP, yep. yeah, fifth round. The how comfortable do you feel taking him in the fifth round right now? Uh, I'll tell you what. Before all these mock drafts, not too comfortable. After doing several mock drafts, yeah, very comfortable. <laughs> that makes sense. Well, I mean, you did get the last place vote on the mock draft from last week, so. <laughs> and I, I, but I think I know where you're coming from when I look at it, and it's like, and not trying to look at it from a Bengals fan perspective. Mm-hmm. It's in when I'm doing the mocks, and you get down to the fifth round, and when you're sitting there looking at. Tyler Lockett, Jamar Chase, Kenny Galladay. And I'm like, man, dude, like, yeah, Jamar. I'd pretty much want to take the shot on Jamar Chase yeah. at that point. Yeah. Very tempting. Right there too. <laughs> Him and Burrow had video game numbers together at LSU, man. Like, there's there's no reason that it's going to. What uh, what do you got, Jeff? So, for my first breakout, I'm going with a running back in his second year, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Last year in fantasy, he was drafted, you know, between 6 and 10, like the sixth pick overall. And he didn't meet those expectations last year, but he had a serviceable season. But I really think what's going to happen is year two, he's going to go into that old Andy Reid system of one running back. We're going to dump off to the running back because I know you got Mahomes pushing down the field, but Andy Reid historically has had a lot of his offense run, like go through his running back, whether it be, screens, little, you know, out routes from the running back. I think he takes over this, like, hands-down top 10. Where was he currently ADP-wise? He's getting drafted in the middle of the third round. Do you feel comfortable with the breakout pick right there? I feel very comfortable drafting him in the third round. Like, if it falls to me, if Clyde Edwards-Alaire is in, in the middle of the third round, I feel like I won the draft right there. You know, As, as, as your RB2? As my RB2. Okay. Yeah. So, in looking at him in the third round here, I mean, I know we've done it before, but let's let's talk. So, you're looking at, and these are guys around him ADP-wise. Gibson or? Yeah, and that, I, I've, I've done many of these mock drafts, and it's hard because. It's hard to pass on Gibson. I, I like Gibson, too. I really do. And I don't know, like, when that time comes and I'm looking at those two, it's tough because I think Gibson's going to have a really good season also. But I'm telling you, I think the way Clyde Edwards-Alaire has been pushed away from people on fan on fantasy, I think this is top ten. You know, fuck it, I'm taking him. So I, currently, Najee Harris is his ADP is 25 on sleeper. Mm-hmm. Now I take Clyde, but I I fully expect Najee to go way earlier than that. I think he's gonna. I think before this, before the actual draft season, he's gonna shoot up these ADP boards. 
and go way earlier and might end up being the Clyde Edwards from last year. But so you're saying Clyde I'd Edwards over Najee. I'd rather have Clyde Edwards than Najee. I'd rather have Najee. Than, than Hilaire. And, and and I like Clyde Edwards. Yeah. I had him last year. The, the the thing with him, like and, and 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 they tried, man. Like like they 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 give they gave him goal line carries early on and often. Like like the first five, six weeks of the season, over and over and over again. He just kept getting stuffed, man. And 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 I like Hilaire. He's a pass catcher, he does some things. If he's my RB two, I'm not upset. But give me Gibson over him, give me Najee Harris over him. See, and I get it, but what I saw in that Super Bowl mm-hmm. is they're gonna like that's eye opening. Mm-hmm. If they could have dumped the ball off, that changes that that pass rush type of stuff. And don't get me wrong, I think Gibson's gonna have a good year, and it would be it would be really tough to decide between those two. But at the end of the day, Gibson still has a lingering injury. You know, I he still has the toe injury. They he hasn't even been practicing with the rest of the guys as yeah. far as I've I've been reading. And I don't know, like Clyde's young, he's healthy, he's I, I don't know, man. I I think the upside is so high for him to break out in that top 10 this year. In Clyde Edwards, Alaire, as much as I like Gibson, Alaire doesn't have the JD McKissick taking mm-hmm. the passes on third down. Yeah. He is that guy. Yeah. Right. And like, I don't, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but the touchdowns for Clyde Edwards, Alaire was so low last year. There is like, it, it only goes up. You're on the Chiefs. You're going to score touchdowns. You know what I mean? I, I think this year it turns into what we thought it was going to be last year. Yeah, and and in no way am I down on him. Like if yeah. if if he's my running back too, I'm pumped, man. I'm 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 ready to go. So my first breakout is going to be Joe Burrow, and what I think we're looking at is if you take last year's numbers and you put it in a 17 game season, Joe Burrow was on pace for nearly 700 attempts, <laughs> and I will take that in my quarterback. Oh yeah, fantasy football, gimme! Wow. And I know we had, even when we went through the numbers, there was a little bit of fumbling problem. I think it was like 10 fumbles and mm-hmm. and I He'll clean that up. And it's getting blindsided. But I will, like, you tell me, you tell me the quarterback I'm drafting is going to throw for 700 attempts. I'm like, I'm on board. And Zach Taylor hasn't showed anything in the way he's built this offense that, that they do not want to throw. He's building a throwing offense. He's got T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd. They're, I mean, Joe Mixon's a pass catching back. They're and they rebuilt that O line a little bit. Like not too many people talk about it, but they did rebuild it a little bit, right? Yeah, they. So they got him a legit I mean, one receiver, and they rebuilt the O line. It maybe not as much as like some of the fans would have liked from Cincinnati. Yeah, but they did. They did do some work on it. They used their second round pick. They did some free agents on it. They're, but I'm just saying that. I'll take the guy with the the 700 attempts and, you know, give me that any day of the week. And especially like when you're talking about Burrow, you're talking about eighth-round pick right now. I don't – I could definitely see in your actual drafts that he falls a little farther than that because when, when people are actually staring down the barrel, I don't know how many people are actually going to take him in the eighth round. Not, not if Wes is ahead of him. <laughs> No, I mean, even me, like, when I've been doing my mocks, like, I'm looking more like, I, you know, I'll pass on him, wait till the ninth round for, for a Brady, you know, then you wait for a Tannehill, like. Tannehill. Tannehill. The, who, who's your second breakout, Widow? My second breakout, we talked about him earlier, Najee Harris, rookie running back, Pittsburgh Steelers. Look, Both rookies on the break. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're, they're, they're both 
going to be major parts of the offense. Like last year in Alabama, he had 1,500 yards, 26 touchdowns. And Mike, Mike Tomlin historically likes to use one main runner, one lead back that has 250-plus touches a year. Like, why can't it be this dude? The only thing that gives me pause on Najee is the line. I know where you're going. Yeah. And I, I mean, the guy has all the potential in the world yeah. to be a you know a world beater at the running back position. Yeah, there's there's a scenario here where five takes him at eleven. So you you I think th- five <laughs> does take him at eleven. So you think that is he gonna go into that top ten running back in like year one? Like next year, we're gonna be talking about drafting him in the first round for sure. I feel like he's gonna have every opportunity as far as from a touch standpoint. To be a top 10 guy. Does it worry you that 90% of Alabama running backs turn out to be garbage? No, because Derrick Henry is a real person. I said 90%. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yeah, no, I, no, I, I, like, I know. Trent Richardson. Yeah, I mean, when, when you go from the best yeah. everything, everything on your team... Yeah, they're getting scrubs. Better. Yeah, to, to going on a team with a bad offensive line, he's going to get all the opportunity. Yeah. I'm not saying he's not going to do good, because I do think he'll have a good season. Yeah. But, like, how confident are you? Like, are you taking him in the first, the second? I just think you have to temper expectations with him a little bit because this is the same thing as Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Mm-hmm. I mean, when he came out of LSU and got drafted to the Chiefs, I mean, he just shot up fucking boards. And let's be real, the Chiefs, though, like, it was so much easier to do because you had Patrick Mahomes in the most explosive offense. And now, I'm not saying the Steelers don't have a good offense. Yeah. But the Chiefs had a number. They they had at the beginning of the season, the Chiefs had an offensive line that was pretty fucking good. Yeah, mm-hmm. that Chiefs offense is an electric factory. Just putting up points left and right. I I do I do my biggest worry about him is the offensive line, and I don't you know, I don't mind the breakout pick. It's, it's a real concern. Yeah, it's, it's definitely possible that maybe he overcomes that and. You know, his talent shows through. I mean, uh, last year you talked about a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was, was going, what, fifth, sixth overall? Yeah. Like, I don't think Najee will go that high, but if I can take him in the latter part of the second round, I'm like, yeah, I'm okay with that. How early are you willing to take him? 24 overall. So no earlier. No. Like, if you had the fifth pick. Because you – so the so fans Ec- don't know, Weddle got the first pick in our draft. I want him 24 overall, that's what I said. <laughs> so Eckler – Eckler or Najee? Eckler. Mixon. Najee. Mixon. The Gibson. <laughs> That's a tough one, dude. That's a tough one. That's a coin flip, man. Whoever's whoever's there. What if they're both there? Hopefully somebody <laughs> takes them before and I don't so know. So they're both that there. They're both there. What are you doing? Give me Najee, man. Yeah. I'm it's it, it's just more excitement. The 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 he he doesn't have a JD McKissick. Will basically be the tiebreaker on that, right? Man, that'd be it'd be a tough spot to be. So in. you hit, like Aaron Jones, Aaron, Aaron Jones. All right, <laughs> all right. My second breakout, I got C.D. Lamb. I think from what we saw with Dak Prescott at the beginning of the year last year as a rookie, how explosive he is as a wide receiver. I think he takes that next step, and he's getting drafted in the middle of the fifth round. I like C.D. Lamb right here. He's going around the same. You're talking Jamar Chase. When you, when you brought up Jamar Chase, Tyler Lockett, Galladay, I'm thinking the same thing about CeeDee Lamb. I'm sitting there and, like, Jamar Chase and CeeDee Lamb, it's like, oh, my God. like Because the upside is there. Mm-hmm. You know how these guys are first-round wide receivers in the real NFL draft. Like, these guys are electric. So, I think CeeDee Lamb takes that leap. I, I do like Amari Cooper, but 
I think he's going to alpha him this year, dude. Yeah. I really do. Especially with Dak back, right? Yeah. You see that picture stuck. of CD? No. Nah. He was he was there posing with all the other wide receivers. That dude's jacked. Oh, yeah. Is he? Yeah. He gained some He, he looks like he's got what? a 16 pack. CD's <laughs> the guy that got mad when his girlfriend was trying to look at his phone on draft day, right? Oh, that oh, was yeah. great. Iconic. <laughs> I, I root for him just because uh, of that. Pretty all sure right. he dumped her since then. All right. My other breakout here in... Maybe it doesn't sound like as much of a breakout as some of the other guys as Terry McLaurin. Now hear me out. <laughs> this dude, Terry McLaurin. What a sucker bet. <laughs> <laughs> You're nearly getting this guy in the fourth round. He's going into the third round right now. And this guy put up numbers. I think it was almost 1,100 and some yards last year, however many receptions with with just total crap at quarterback. And for the first time in his career, he's going to have a real quarterback with him. He's going to have Ryan Fitzpatrick. Give me, like, I, I want McLaurin. You better draft him in the second. He ain't coming back around to you in, in the third. So upside-wise, and I mean, feel free, feel free to disagree with me. Upside-wise, this guy's, he's going to easy wide receiver one. Yeah, I mean... The thing about Terry McLaurin is when you're looking at breakout guys, I don't remember what he ended last year, but he has the potential to be the number one wide receiver. He had 134 targets last year, 87 receptions, 1,118 yards, and four touchdowns. And his quarterback had one leg. He's going to have more touchdowns than that for sure. He's probably going to have – he's definitely going to have more than 80 catches. Like – but the it, potential is there. It's I mean, a when safe. You, when you're safe looking thing. at what 134 targets, I said, and that was with he had Dwayne Haskins for a lot of the year, then Alex Smith. This, like, you're going to a quarterback that loves to throw the ball, wants to push it downfield, and I get you know, give me McLaurin. Yeah, and in that spot you're talking about at the end of the third, like you could have used this as your value pick too, because that's great value at the end of the third round yeah. to get a get a. Like, he almost seems for sure to be a wide receiver one this year, right? Yeah. Like, it seems like it's money. So, let's let's let's, let's play the game with Wes. <clears throat> you can't play with McLaurin. Wes. You know he's going to take McLaurin, no matter who it is. McLaurin or uh, Mike Evans? McLaurin. McLaurin or Julio Jones? McLaurin. McLaurin, McLaurin or Allen Robinson? Oh. I'm still taking McLaurin here. Can I don't, like, oh. it, it comes down to... Either Allen Robinson's playing with Andy Dalton mm-hmm. or Allen Robinson's playing with the unknown. With a rookie. Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen. Okay. So that's where it stops. Man, that that would be tough, though. Like, I get what Wes is saying, yeah, but Allen Robinson is so damn good. Like, it's never mattered who his quarterback And that's another, was. I don't understand Keenan Allen's ADP. He's currently, yeah. a, what, third roundish? Yeah. And with freaking 17, 18 targets a game. Yeah. Yeah. Herbert loves that, dude. All right, let's move on to the values. I'll start the values off with my first value pick. And my first one is Tom Brady. Currently sitting eighth round. I think a lot of the drafts have been doing ninth round. It's, I mean, Tom Brady was on, he was on pace for the second half, and especially in the second half of the season, once he got comfortable in Tampa Bay, the numbers this guy was looking at putting up were insane. And I have no problem sitting, passing on other quarterbacks, you know, pass on Herbert, pass, you know, I can pass on some of these guys that you got to pick up in the fifth round, your Kyler Murray's, your 
you're this, you're that, you're Josh Allen's. And if I can, in eighth, ninth round, if I can pick up a Tom Brady, I'll take it there. Because the the difference in points from quarterback one last year all the way down to about quarterback 10 is only, I when I, I think I looked it up earlier this week, it was only like 30, 40 points for the season. That's crazy. And when you when you think Tom Brady in fantasy football, it doesn't feel good because you just picture him. He doesn't run around. He's you know. But if you look at his fantasy points the the second half of that year, there's not many quarterbacks you would have rather had than him fantasy wise. So it doesn't feel right. The dude's forty three, but it is a great value pick in the later rounds. Yeah, and I'd be I'd be more than happy to have this dude in. So, looking at some of the, you know, let's just look at some average points and pending your scoring. I don't like maybe some of these points don't make sense or because I think what was it? Josh Allen finished near the top of the list, right? Mm-hmm. And looking, I think Josh Allen. I have you know just looking at one site said he had four hundred points last year in fantasy, in. Even Tom Brady, I think Tom Brady last year was nearly undrafted, correct? Mm-hmm. Going to Tampa Bay, a lot of people didn't, 350. And, and that's with, say, Mahomes. Mahomes was your number one drafted quarterback, right? Overall, a lot of times, second, third round last year, 380 points. Brady undrafted, 350 points. That's it, why we try and tell people, draft your quarterbacks, either get good value in the fifth or sixth with a stud, or let it fall and get good value later. Don't be that guy that takes my homes in the first round. Don't be that guy. <laughs> Please. All right, Weddle, who's your first value? Uh, my first value is going to be uh, running back Jamal Williams. Left the Packers, signed with the Lions. Uh, last year averaged 4.2 yards a carry, two touchdowns. That's a that Dan Campbell, that offense, maybe the best offensive line in football. I get it. They don't have any receivers. Like They want to run the football, dude. DeAndre Sift is the, is the one back. But... uh. Dan Campbell was 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 quoted calling Jamal Williams. He's he's the definition of an A back, the type of running back that I love. Like he's he's gonna get some run, dude. And God forbid something happens to the to the starter. Like this guy is more. He showed in Green Bay. He's more than capable of being the starter. So with that quote, what what does that say to you about DeAndre Swift? You're I, not touching him. I had DeAndre Swift as one of my breakouts, and then I I I started doing my research on Jamal Williams, and I said, Oh no, <laughs> I I can't have him on here. You think he might take some more carries from DeAndre Swift than people are letting on? Yeah, man, and and, and this dude is ADP is one forty five. Like, if you can get this guy as your as your fourth or fifth running back, like, there's a scenario where you're playing this guy down the stretch. Yeah, I I, I get what you're saying. I can see that. Who's, my my first value is gonna be old Robbie Anderson. How he's getting drafted at the end of the ninth round, I have no idea. He's reunited with Sam Darnold. You know, DJ Moore's awesome, but so is Robbie Anderson. He's a quick speedster. Um, in at the end of the ninth round, like that is a money pick, in my opinion. Like if he, if he's in there, if he's there in around eight or nine, like I'm I'm super happy about it. That's a great value spot for me. Yeah, yeah, I, I like the Robbie Anderson pick there as a value. Like it's definitely someone. I mean, I think it's been going on a couple years. I always. I, I feel like I always end up with him on my roster. You traded for him last year. Yeah, I did. And, and and honestly, both both those receivers on that team, their stock should go a little up with, with the departure of Samuel, correct? 
Yeah, and the only thing to watch out for with them is that the rookie wide receiver yeah. they picked up. Yeah. Terrence like, Marshall, he ain't no joke. Yeah, he's that guy could end up like he could end up getting a lot of a lot of targets from the other two. And but I mean it's kind of one of those wait and see things. Like we always say on here. My second value is Jared Cook. Uh currently just like Adam Troutman, you can get Jared Cook in the thirteenth round. I didn't really, I didn't have Jared Cook as a sleeper, more of a value that this is someone like if everyone's gone, if Adam Troutman gets picked up in front of you like Jeff did to me, Jared Cook's a good fallback guy here. He's, I think, going on, but I mean, you can look back on almost 10 seasons and the guy, the guy's 50 plus targets almost every year in. I'm fine with that at tight end. If you get a guy, you're telling me he's going to get, you know, four or five targets a game, you know, sign me up with that, dude. Yes, sir. What do you What do you got here? Okay, my uh, <clears throat> my second value is going to be tight end Jonu Smith, <clears throat> signed as a free agent, uh, left the uh, left the Titans, signed with the the Patriots, signed a four year, fifty million dollar contract. Like this dude's a red zone monster. Like he, it's not a, a high volume, but last year he had eight touchdowns. He's currently going ADP one forty one. I feel like New England's trying to recreate the Gronk, Aaron Hernandez. This is this guy's playing the Gronk role. Like if you if you can draft a dude at his ADP in the fourteenth round, that's going to have you. Eight touchdowns, maybe even more. Like, that's a steal, brother. So, for the guys that are worried about the Hunter Henry versus John Smith being on the same team, what say you? Like, what do you say to them? You're basically, are you a targets guy or are you a red zone touchdown guy? Because if you're a targets guy, you're probably going to favor Hunter Henry. If you're a red zone touchdown guy, which is kind of scary that you're waiting for the touchdown, it's John Smith. But Henry's going higher than John Smith is, so John the value, in my opinion. Two rounds later than Henry. I like that. My second old value pick here is going to be Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. I, I know, like, Love it. beating a dead horse with Ryan Tannehill, but if you can draft this dude in the 10th round where his ADP is, like, he's a top 12 quarterback every, every year, year in fantasy. Like, you're, he just falls right into your lap. You stack up your roster, and then he's there in the 10th round. I'm super pumped about it. And then the, if guys, he's there in the, the 10th, guys he's throwing to this year. <laughs> Julio, A.J. Brown, like, <laughs> can't get much easier than that. Any honorable mentions of values? Because there, there there, was multiple values I was looking yeah. at, and there, there, I mean, there's there's just so many guys sitting there that you can look at as a possible value, dude. Like, one for me was Damian Harris. Mm-hmm. I definitely, I know we talked about it during the mock draft when I took Michael Carter and him, but the Damian Harris, to me, is a guy you can sit there, honorable mention of value is get this guy late, and I know typically taking a guy in New England is just tragic, but I think it might be a little different this year. My honorable mention, I literally had him on every list, was Brandon Ayuk. I, ha- <laughs> I had him on my sleeper list. I kicked him out. I put him on my breakout list. Kicked him out, put him on my value list. Now he's not even on the list. I had him last year. He had like a four-game stretch there where he had like 20 points a week. Like, I get it. They had a lot of injuries. Kittle was gone. But, like, what he did as a rookie last year, didn't matter who the quarterback was, was impressive. Jalen Hurts in the tenth round. Oh yeah, with his wheels like, and I think that that he's there was hype about Jalen Hurts at first, and it's fallen off a lot. He's going a lot later, and he's that dual threat guy. He's that cheat code, the guy who runs. You're talking about think about these quarterbacks that run. You're getting the one point for every ten yards, and they do get a few more rushing touchdowns. But the 
like he's a guy to watch out for later. And I feel like last year's a rookie, he actually threw the ball better than people expected mm-hmm. him to, right? Because and if you look at Jalen Hurts, people are taking they're taking Joe Burrow in front of him. They're taking Trevor Lawrence currently in front of him. Your Tom Brady's, you know, the, you're getting him around the Ryan Tannehill spot. And then one more, I know we talk about him a lot. Deontay Johnson, his ADP was like eighth round. Well, and stop talking about Deontay Johnson because so, I need to <laughs> target. Monster. I need to target this guy. I mean, he's moving up ADPs because people are listening to the podcast. But I mean, out of those three, we all said we'd rather have him. And if you get, if he's in the seventh round, man, you you might have won the draft. Hundred fifty target club. Yeah. God. All right, let's talk about the bust in. And this, to me, the busts are a hard one. Like I don't, I don't like just dogging on players. I'll do it. But I picked some some kind of like people are gonna talk shit to me about the couple I picked. My first one is, and this is even in when say you're drafting running back wide receiver, running back wide receiver, and you go back for running back wide receiver in the sixth round. If you tug Melvin Gordon, it's a mistake. <laughs> this dude's a bust. They got guys. They they draft. You know they drafted people behind him. It's not gonna work. If if you're drafting Melvin Gordon as when you're drafting him in the sixth round, you're drafting a flex spot guy. Yeah. And you do not want this. But it happens in every league every year, right? You look at your depth chart, it's the fifth, sixth round, and you're like, holy shit, I'm light on running back. What is the idea? Uh shit, give me him. And he's yep. a starting and, running back. And this it is, happens every year. And this is what we've talked about it on here before. This is what doing mock drafts will help you with is when you sit here and do your mock drafts and you get in the sixth round and you're seeing your Melvin Gordon sitting there, look at the other spots around you. Because when you get in your actual draft and this guy's sitting there in the sixth round, don't pull the trigger. I'm warning you right now, don't pull the trigger. What, what do you got? Uh, my first bust is going to be Odell Beckham Jr., dude. Like, we're long, we're long, long since, term bust. We're long since removed from that awesome catch when he was with the Giants. Like, this, this dude has failed to average more than 13 fantasy points a game during his time as a Brown. And like, and like they're, they're moving on. They, 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 they got, they got other weapons. Like, that team's stacked, dude. Like, he's, he's almost like an afterthought. Like, Baker actually looked better when he wasn't on the field. As, as cool as his earrings are, the blonde hair and all that shit and the dancing, that shit's awesome. But from a fantasy standpoint, I don't want him. So th- where is he currently getting drafted? Uh, his current ADP right now is 64. So really? Odell Beckham has an awesome name. Like when when you're drafting and Odell Beckham's name shows up, you're like, oh, man, like should I draft him? At what point is it too far for you to say, okay, now it's far enough I'll take a chance on him, or you just completely out on Uh Like, if he's there in the eighth, no, yeah, he, wouldn't, he yeah. wouldn't be there in the eighth. Say, yeah. say he's there in the end of the sixth round. Would you take him? Uh, give me Brandon Ayuk over him. Give me give me Dante Johnson over him. Give me DJ Shark over him. Give me Higgins. I think i draw the line at Sutton. Maybe I, Clay pulls a coin flip. I think DJ Shark has a chance to be a bust, too. Mm-mm. So, Not with that quarterback. My first I bust. I think LaVisca Chenault gets yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, he's, he's, he's definitely going up on draft boards. Man, I, I know I'm going to hear some shit about this one because this dude's getting drafted in the second round, but J.K. Dobbins is going to be a bust, dude. I'm telling you, for fantasy football. I've avoided him at all costs. J.K. Dobbins will be a bust. You play for the Ravens and you get 12 to 14 carries a game. He's a great running back. Do not get me wrong. I love J.K. Dobbins as a runner, but. He's playing for the Ravens, who are run heavy. 
him and Gus Edwards are going to get the same amount of carries, and Gus Edwards is going like the 11th round. And you got Lamar Jackson taking red zone stuff. If you're comfortable taking J.K. Dobbins in the second round, you are in trouble. I'm telling you. And and it's scary with those quarter the the Kyler's the Lamar's like once you get first and goal man like they're gonna run it in dude yeah and that and that kills the 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 points on on your and, running backs and like you said I'm worried about like Gus Edwards being there you know they drafted Rashad Bateman for a reason mm-hmm. the I I agree with it I don't I've been avoiding him at all cost I do not like where his ADP is right now I'm not I'm not on board with it I'm not saying he's not a productive NFL running back and that he won't be a productive NFL running back. But what I'm saying is if you draft him in the second round, you're looking for something huge. And and I don't think 12 to 14 carries a game is going to get it done. It's, it's essentially the reverse of why I like Najee because I, I, I think they have no choice but to give him over 200 touches on the season and Dobbins ain't going to come anywhere near that, right? Yeah, if J.K. Dobbins was getting 25 touches a game, like if for some reason Gus Edwards wasn't in the picture... Oh, yeah, second round because he's getting the work. But 14 carries a game, you have to be touchdown dependent. They don't catch a lot of passes over there in Baltimore out of the the backfield. He has to score touchdowns, and he's going to be a bust. He's not going to meet that second-round ADP, in my opinion. All right, my second bust is getting drafted in the third round currently. It's Miles Sanders. The Eagles have done way too much on bringing in other running backs for this guy to have the production for a third round. When you're drafting, if you're drafting Miles Sanders in the third round, he is a starter on your team. Mm-hmm. You went, maybe you went running back, running back, and got him as your third running back. It's still a mistake. That's your first flex spot if you drafted two running backs. And if you went running back wide receiver and went back to Miles Sanders, if you went tight end running back and came back for him, he's a starter. It's not going to happen for you. They they brought in the, you know, the, they have that Gainwell. He's moving up uh, with Jordan Howard they brought in. Yep. They they still have Boston Scott. Too much going Don't, on, dude. Like, it's crowded backfield. Do not trust this in the third round. Pass on it. Let someone else in your league take it and deal with it because this could turn into the New England backfield. This could turn into the San Francisco backfield that a lot of people avoid. There's so many running backs I'd rather have in front of Miles Sanders. What do you got, Widow? Uh, my second one is going to be Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs, uh, running back from the Raiders. Look, man, they signed Kenyon Drake, right? Like, that. that's not going to help his production. It's going to hurt his production. And, and last year, I think he finished running back nine. I think, and that was strictly on volume. Like, he didn't put it, he didn't like the world on fire statistically, but they just continue to give him the rock, go to him over and over and over again. And by signing a legit running back who's been a starter pretty much his whole career, like, that's not going to help him, dude. That's going to hurt him. So he's he's going a little before uh, Miles Sanders. I can see a world where, like, if, if both of those dudes are running back twos, like, I'm not too pumped about it. So he'd have to be like, Josh Jacobs would have to be in like the fourth round for you to even consider it. Cause, it sounds like you don't want him as your third player yeah, on your team. I don't know. Even if you win. And so, I had him last year. He's he's he they 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 feed him, man, but it it scares it scares the hell out of me that they signed Kenyon Drake. So say you went running back, wide receiver, a lot of the running backs are off the board and he's one of the last couple left, you know, starting running backs. Mm-hmm. You're still out. I mean, I like him more than Miles Sanders, but it's it's going to yeah. be one of those like shit, man. I don't want to, but I know the value on the way back mm-hmm. of running backs, like I'm pretty much handcuffed to do it. I try to find a reason to disagree with Josh Jacobs, but 
I've avoided him every time I've done a mock <laughs> draft. <laughs> All right, what do you got, Jeff? So my last uh, bust on here is going to be Kenny Galladay. Ah, oh, man, like I, I, I don't want to say it's just because of injury because I don't think that's the sole reason, but you do have to take into account the injury from last year. And he's going to a team that they no one knows like what the Giants do offensively, man. Like you, you have Saquon, he's gonna get his work. They have, you know, Shepard and yeah, whatever. Like Ingram's supposed to be good, but he's not. Like Danny Nichols, dude, I don't Yeah, he's <laughs> I don't I don't think he's fucking there, man. Like I don't I, I mean, don't know. I, I mean, from a receiver standpoint, he didn't improve on the quarterback, right? He's going right. from Stafford to 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 Danny Four Cents. And and <laughs> he I keeps mean, dropping in value. <laughs> but the, what that's what's crazy. Just like I said with Weddle, you're talking about Kenny Galladay, and I'm like, you you know, you want to like shit on you for the pick, but I've avoided him every time I've done a mock. I like we talked about earlier, like Jamar Chase or Kenny Galladay sitting there, and I'm taking Jamar Chase. Yeah, and and, you, it, and it's not a fandom thing. No, it, and you would think like when you see those two names, Kenny Galladay's proven, he's a you know, tall, wide receiver. Like, you would think he would be the guy that you would pick every time. And I don't, I don't like, I don't love it in the fifth round. I just think it's the risk to me outweighs what it's worth. And, and I don't like Galladay. I think he's going to be a bust this year and just chalk it up. So, he, in, don't in, draft him. in 2019, like Kenny Galladay had 65 catches, 1,190 yards, 11 touchdowns. I don't think he comes anywhere near 11 touchdowns. And he's year. not playing with Stafford no exactly. more. Exactly. And that's nuts for 65 catches yeah. to have 1,111 oh, touchdowns. he had bombs that year. Yeah. All right, let's get in. Uh, so that's our sleepers, breakouts, values, and bust. We all gave you some of the guys we're looking at, some of the guys we love, some of the guys we hate. As we get closer to the actual draft, I think we'll, you know, we'll start, we'll bring in a little segment about, like, the guys, like, the guys we're absolutely in love with, the guys that we have to draft every time. But, you know, we'll save that for another episode. Let's talk about some off-topic here. Let's do it. Let's move on from the fantasy football. All right. The fans are digging the off-topic. Sorry so, to interrupt you, but coach, they're digging the off-topic. So, PGA, the Open starts, the British Open. And Everybody's looking at each other like, yeah. hey, anybody here know golf? Anybody here know golf? <laughs> when did that just become the Open? Because it was the British Open for the no, longest it's, time. No, it's always been the Open. Okay. We call it the British Open in America. Why it's, don't we just call the U.S. Open the Open here then? Because they're, the Open already <laughs> exists in, in the U.K. But, all right. You, I mean, you guys know a little bit just from me talking on here. You So, your top three betting-wise, John Rahm, is plus seven fifty. Brooks Kepka is plus sixteen hundred. Uh, Dustin Johnson plus sixteen hundred. If you were putting money, where are you putting it at? Dustin Johnson. Well, DJ. Since I know nothing about golf, <laughs> for the most part, I'm taking the favorite. Give me John Rahm plus seven fifty. You, you're putting safest the money. bet. I mean, I don't know golf enough where I I, I want to take this like long shot. You know. I mean, I don't think anybody's been playing better golf the last month and a half than that guy, right? No, he's he's been fantastic. COVID, non-COVID doesn't and, matter. And here, and, and now keep in mind, you know, this is a the opens in the opens in the UK, Scotland, wherever they're going to play, and you this guy from Spain, so it probably means a little more to him. So maybe he gets in there and does that. And while we're on that, 
I I didn't put it on the docket, but you know, congratulations to Italy on winning the Euros. Yeah, Yay. that's like one of their Super Bowls. <laughs> yeah, they, but you know what's funny is like they for, beat the UK at home. So for for like, for two weeks, all you heard was it's coming home, it's coming home from England. <laughs> that dude scores the penalty kick, runs, runs right up to the hard camera and screams, "It's coming to Rome!" <laughs> and I was like, I don't know who that guy is, but he's my favorite soccer player in the world right now. That's a G. I I tried to watch a little bit of the Euros. It was a little hard just because it. They're on at weird times, you know, pending when, you know, pending time frames over in Europe. But, I mean, it's it's fun to watch. I mean, they flop a lot. But so so the way that works, like, like I don't, I don't they know. Looked you, like, they looked, they all, it looked like a bunch of Chris Pauls out there. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> He's not even a top 10 flopper in the NBA, Chris Paul. So e- England scored the first goal. Our uh, top five of, list coming. England scored the first goal <laughs> of the match on the pitch. I guess like that. Two minutes into the game. And it was 1-0 pretty much the whole time. So England's just playing keep away. Like, that, that's the shit they do in soccer. Yeah. Hoping it hits ninety minutes and they win one zero. Like that shit's exhausting. Dude is trying to play keep away, playing defense, and then I think in the in the sixtieth or so minute, uh, Italy scored a goal to tie it up. And in PKs, man, there there was some decisions made there, like the the, the substitutions that they made in the hundred and nineteenth minute. I mean, it basically came down to a nineteen year old from England on, on that last PK, and he missed it. I mean, that sucks, man, to be nineteen years old and put in that spot. What now? Another one I didn't have on the docket was uh, was it. 264? Was it UFC 264? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. The uh, We had the McGregor-Poirier fight. Easiest right? 20 bucks I've ever won. <laughs> McGregor oh, broke. Oh, we bet, huh? Fuck. McGregor broke I the... I forgot. <laughs> I always <laughs> do 20 bucks. McGregor broke that ankle. And now... Does on... that count? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a referee stoppage. <laughs> it's a referee stoppage. Medical. Doctor stoppage. They did the, give him the TKO. Uh, I think the best part of the whole thing was seeing like Greg Hardy look like the girl he beat up like, a few years ago. Oh, that he got so much. That, that, that guy's a moron. Are we not? Are we not going to talk about the dude that knocked him out? That chugged the beer out of his oh, shoe. That was, yeah, that's and, called a Tuesday night where I come from. Bro. And then he he was walking out, <laughs> taking shoes and beers from the yeah, fans, drinking and seltzers and beers out that, of shoes. That guy is awesome. He's gonna be a fan favorite. Dude. That guy would fit in at the warehouse. Let me tell you right now. <laughs> hey, so like, like, am, am I out of balance here? Like, like the whole Connor thing. Like, oh, there it is. Him, him, him talking shit. With, the fact that Joe Rogan's interviewing a dude with a compound fracture on the ground. Like, come on, man. We we don't have to hear what he says. Yeah, we do. Like, like it's Connor McGregor. Is the stick getting a little old? Is I, the Connor stick getting a little old? Nah, because that dude talking about. Poirier's wife beating his DMs was gold. That's bullshit, bro. <laughs> no, but I love what Poirier said afterwards. He's like, yeah, we're going to fight again on the sidewalk or yeah. in an octagon. We're definitely going to fight again. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't you can't take away, like, I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Like, some of the stuff gets old, yeah. and maybe him talking about that after, the, you know, after breaking his ankle got a little old. But the guy changed... He he changed the he changed yeah, the face no, of fighting. Absolutely, and, absolutely. And and the worst thing happened to Conor McGregor that could possibly happen to any fighter, right? That's the famous Rocky Three Mickey to Rocky Balboa line. He became civilized, dude. Like he grew up hungry his whole life. He had nothing. This is all he had. This was his whole life. All of a sudden, hey, dude, like, what's the famous line? Like, it's, it's hard to it's, wake up in satin sheets. Yeah, and fight. It's, it's, <laughs> it's 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 harder to wake up and train at five in the a.m. when you're sleeping in silk sheets, dude. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's basically what happened there. Now, one I was impressed with was Sean O'Malley, and I think Sean O'Malley might be one of these up-and-comers that, like, being the next Connor. I'm on the other side. That dude with the green hair that he beat up is a fucking legend. Like, yeah. That, that, dude, that dude showed up to his job that the next Monday at the paint shop, wherever the hell he said he worked. Like, that dude's a legend, man. But, Let that dude finish that but, fight. But think about the way that fight ended. Mm-hmm. The uh, 
you know, her maybe jumped in front of it a little early. There's about 30 seconds left, right? But Sean O'Malley, you have the whole crowd booing and stuff, gets on the mic, starts doing his thing. Loved it. And, you know, telling, you know, this was the toughest motherfucker I've ever faced in, you know, in the, you know, in this and that. And by the end, by the end of his promo, has the crowd cheering. Yeah. I the guy's got some promo skills, and I'm, I want to see some more from Sean O'Malley. See what we're getting here. But then what he said at the end, he's like, you know, I I, I don't know if I agree with the stoppage or not, but you might have saved a couple years on that dude's life because yeah. I'm gonna knock him the fuck out. <laughs> I was gonna kill him. Yeah, like, wrong. dude, that that guy took so many face shots, dude. That like, was that dude's first UFC fight. He got he 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 found out maybe eight days before the fight that he had that fight because the other guy got hurt. And he, like, bra- he pushed bravo forward the whole that, time. Bravo to that gentleman. Yeah. Like, I want to see him again. And he pushed forward the whole fight. Just like, his face was a punching bag, and he just kept pushing the pace. Impressive. And bravo to the Tampa Bay Lightning on winning a Stanley Cup. I didn't watch a minute of that. I. <laughs> <laughs> but they won. They won. Big, I was know. I was I was rooting for the Nordiques or the, was that, the, the, Cana- was that, was Canadians. That, the Canadians. Big big hockey win, you know, guys on ice skates. That, so that all this cool. all this off topic talk, I'm gonna have to start actually watching trash ass sports and shit, <laughs> so I can be knowledgeable. Hey, the the soccer shit he just pulled off, like I know it's in your blood, but I didn't know you watched soccer like that. <laughs> I watched it. I watched it. Yeah, I, like honestly, like I. Like I'll watch like they uh, I'll watch some of the soccer stuff like even in the Olympics I I won't end up watching hockey or nothing like that but I'll watch some of the hockey or the soccer stuff because I I mean I think it's fun to watch yeah yeah I enjoy it. and the crowds are always super oh yeah it, like. the, they're 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 a whole lot of fun although hockey did like I think during some of those games they did have some great crowds with those national anthems and stuff like. And what's fucked up about soccer is, like, not every place is the United States. Like, those cartels over there, like, if you aren't good at soccer, like, they're going to cut your head off, dude. Like, <laughs> like you better win or there's going to be a problem. A lot of pressure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we had the MLB just did the home run derby. And I saw some crazy numbers from that. What's the guy's name that won the, won the derby? Uh, the polar bear, Pete Alonzo, first baseman for the but New York Mets. That guy. Back to back champion. That guy has won $2 million in total in home run derbies over his career. And his career earnings from the MLB are $2.9 million. Yeah, that dude. I mean, he he, he hasn't said that, that. That's the way baseball works. Like, he's he, his day's going to come where he signs a $100 million contract. But, yeah, the, the dude rakes, man. He won it in 2020. He won it last year. Like, I'm sorry. I don't think they had one last year, 2019. He, 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 he defeated Trey Mancini. I don't know if you guys saw or not, but like when 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 he was swinging in the final round, some some twelve year old kid it looked like he tore his ACL in the outfield trying to catch one of his fly balls. So they had to pause it while he's in rhythm swinging. He hit like five home runs in a row, and he's sitting there just bobbing his head, just glaring at this twelve year old. Like, get the fuck off my field, man! I'm in the rhythm right yeah. now. The guy's yeah. a beast. I saw. I stopped watching it after Otani left. Well, uh, honestly, like Alonzo won it, but the highlight of it was that first round between Juan Soto and uh, Shohei Otani. 31 home runs to 28 home runs in the first round. So they 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 tied, and then they had a, a swing off for a minute, tied again, and then they gave each dude three swings, and Soto went bomba, 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 game over. I, and, and, and that I, dude's, I, and I that dude's a pitcher. I love Otani, man. I didn't I didn't understand the uh, – I didn't even know – how long has this format been in place? I believe this is year four of the time format. I like we, the we, old one. No, no, I think this is awesome. So the old one, the main reason they changed it – so the old one you get to, you get 
10 swings that you take that are not home runs are all outs and you're done. So every swing that you take that's not a home run, you're out. So what was happening is dudes were taking too many pitches in the home run derby, which isn't great TV, right? You take three, four, five, six pitches. You're waiting for your, your sweet spot. But you could at least watch the ball in those ones. Like. Yeah, you know, I, I agree. This, this is a, 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 a flurry of swings, and it's exhausting from a hitter standpoint. It's a guy who's been in a derby or two. Shit's exhausting. <laughs> now, when's the actual All-Star game? All-Star game is today, going on right now. Shohei Otani is a starting pitcher for the American League. He's hitting leadoff. Uh, I so he that's that's insane. Yeah, the guy's wild. gonna lead off and it's then wild. pitch in the same inning. Like people say, Bad he's a, motherfucker. He, people say he's a modern day Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth wishes he was this dude. Six <laughs> four, throw a ninety five. <laughs> wishes he was that. Ugh. No, he's that's he. It's something else. You haven't seen nothing like this in baseball in a while. Because it, it it's the equivalent. Would you call that the equivalent of being a two sport athlete? Like 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 Jeff, you're a football guy. Picture this, all right. Picture this, Tom Brady. All right, playing quarterback. He's this amazing quarterback. You can't compare this. Picture, don't even no, don't even start this. Picture him leading the league in sacks as a defensive end. Is essentially what this is. It is not That's essentially the is. same thing. It's essentially okay. I think it's like being a two sport athlete. Being a pit, it, being crazy. a pitcher and and like a leading home run hitter is a two sport athlete. It is crazy. No, it, it's crazy. Like it's this dude that can be like a badass pitcher and hit the most home run. Like that's awesome. But you can't compare it like pitch sitting there and pitching like that takes everything out of you. You're throwing every single pitch. But then when you're batting, you're batting once every nine guys. It's not like you're out there every play. I'm not taking anything away from him, but to say a quarterback is can also play defensive end like that's not even comparable. Like, I'm just glad baseball is finally getting athletes over there in the MLB and shit. <laughs> I mean, the closest thing game. to me, it's a skill I game. mean, when Deion Sanders played defensive back and then he played receiver, Brian Jordan, Bo Jackson, right? Those are the yeah. three guys. No, like, like Bo Jackson, hands down, like, now that's a bad motherfucker, dude. Bo Jackson would have made the Hall of Fame in both leagues. I, and okay, we saved it for last year. Let's talk about the uh, the NBA. So like we're Suns are sitting pretty. They're up two zero, two one. I mean the the Suns and four thing is in place, right? Game three happens, get demolished, bro. One twenty to one hundred. Because Bakhtari's up there chugging beers with uh, with Weto's dad. <laughs> <laughs> look, that dude looks just like your dad. Shout out, senior. He, he wishes. <laughs> so look, Giannis, man, like like he's he's game two. He had forty two points. Game three, he had forty one points. Like this dude is. If this continues, and 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 the scary part is uh, Devin Booker, who's been fantastic throughout the playoffs, he goes three of fourteen from the field in Game Three, one of seven from three point, uh, from from three point land, and he, he was a flat out did not play in the fourth quarter. Like, it, I don't know the reason for it. Like, hopefully they get it together by by Wednesday for Game Four, where where, where uh, Chris Paul, Chris Paul's who's been a terrific point guard throughout, he's got ten turnovers the last two games. Drew Holiday started picking him up, full court now the whole time, and. Uh, it's 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 kind of forcing the Suns to speed things up on offense, uh, man. If if Drew Holiday keeps playing defense like this and and Giannis keeps scoring forty a night and shooting a decent clip from the free throw line, like as a Suns fan, we're up two one. I'm a little worried, man. Now that's that's a good take on that. I mean, what what's your prediction for the rest of this year? Suns in five. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> no, honestly, no, look, like look, look, um. The Suns got two home games left, so if it comes to that, like they've been great at home, they 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 beat the Bucks by double digits both times at home. Like if we lose every game in Milwaukee, I mean it's cool, man. As, as long as we take care of business in Phoenix. So is Giannis's issue with the free throws, like the crowd? 
Cause at home he last game he shot lights out on that the was, free throw line. That was an anomaly, man. Like like he's a he's a bad free throw shooter throughout. Like he he's got something like 10, 10 air balls in, in 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 these playoffs from from the free throw line. That's pathetic, dude. Like yeah, you you are one of the best NBA basketball players, yeah. and you can't figure out that since middle school you could stand on the same line with the same net, <laughs> and you can't get good at shooting a free throw. Like. There's no one in front of you. Yeah. I don't understand that at all. But that's why they called him free throws, right? Yeah. And you know, it's crazy, like not you know, not really being a Suns fan, mm-hmm. but living here in Arizona, it's like you kind of get caught up in the hype. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, I mean, I think I've watched, I've watched some or almost every Suns game, yeah. you know, yeah. during the playoffs. It's, look, man, they've they've never won it. Like they're, they're saying, oh, the Bucks haven't won a championship in 50 years. Shit, the Suns have never fucking won one, man. Never won one. And when you look at the two teams, like, I know they got Giannis, but they're the Suns are better. Like, just straight up, I think they have a better team because he was putting up 40 points almost yeah. every game, and he was they were still losing by 15. Yeah. Like, the Suns, to win it, they just got to play defense down low. Last game, they got demolished. Yeah. I really think the Suns are going to take it, boys. So the 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 Suns are kind of built like a throwback team, right? They have the old school point guard who who's, who's who runs the offense, runs the team. He's not a, a Steph Curry taking thirty shots a night. They have the 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 two guard scorer and Booker. They have the the Crowder's the 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 D the three and D guy sits in the corner and, and, and he'll shoot wide open threes. They have a, a legit center which pretty much doesn't exist in the NBA anymore. They're kind of built like a team in the nineties. The Suns. They got their flopper. Hey, dude, speaking of flopping, have you guys seen Team USA 0-2 in these exhibitions in preparation for the Olympics? Yeah, it's pathetic. So so they're they're running through, and they're they're acting like they're doing the NBA, and these international referees are like, no, that's not a foul. Keep playing. It, 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 they're, 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 there's a Twitter clip, like 20 videos of these guys flopping all over the place, and the refs are like, no, play on, play on. It's, 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 uh, it's refereed defi- definitely differently in international play. The flopping thing has to go away in every sport. Because it's in football, it's in basketball, soccer. You know who doesn't flop? Baseball players. Well, because they don't do anything physical. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know, we covered the le- the news around the league. We covered Weddo's top five. This is what a very passionate top five from Weddo. Yeah. Yeah. We covered the sleepers, breakouts, values, and bust. And then we did some off-topic talk. We'll be coming back at you guys next week. Appreciate you guys listening to us. Thank you guys for joining us. Yo, Adrian, we did it. Y'all have a great night.